success will come to the people who really who who really care, who care about the quality of food and care about the service and care about the value proposition that that a restaurant's offering. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at ovationup.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined today by Christopher Siebes and really excited about this because he has over 30 years of hospitality experience that began as a restaurant and hotel operator in England, South Africa, and Kenya. He's been featured in Fast Casual, QSR Magazine, Hospitality Technology, and now Give an Ovation. Um, he's also a board member on the Forbes Technology Council, Shift Pixie, and Valiant AI. And if that doesn't sound crazy enough, I am so excited to, to welcome Christopher. Thanks for joining us, man. Well, thanks for having me. That, that bio makes me sound quite old. <laughs> I think that's what it is. I, no, the bio experience into a very long life. Yeah, I think that bio, if anything, it just says that uh, I'm a really good salesperson to get you on here. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Christopher, with all of this stuff going on, I'd love to hear, what are you up to right now? Well, so uh, I stepped away from the, uh, you know, I, I, I sold my company in 2014 and, and, ran that company for global payments, acquiring um, five or six, six actually other companies along the way. And I ran that until about a year ago, well, last July, and I stepped away. And so since then I've joined, uh, as you said, I've joined the board of Valiant, I've joined the board of uh, Shift Pixie, uh, and, I, and I'm doing some work with uh, results through strategy, which is a kind of full service consulting organization. And so I'm, I'm, I'm keeping busy. I'm certainly not ready to retire. Uh, and so uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm providing advice where I can. Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to some advice today. And so let's talk 2021, right? We're, okay. we're at the tail end of 2020. Uh, and as we were talking about, this year has seemed like five years. Um, but when it comes down to it, what should we be doing today to prepare for 2021? Well, I think what's really what sticks in my mind, and I can't, I, you know, I can't have trouble wrapping my head around this, is that the you said it. This year has seemed like five years, and I think in this year. Uh, Restaurants have moved five or ten years into the future from a technology perspective. Yes, and and it isn't because necessarily they want to, but it's because they've had to. You know, restaurants have been traditionally have been at the sort of back end of implementing technology, particularly more modern technology. And I think that that COVID has forced the industry to uh, to examine more, more contemporary technology that 
allows them to pivot, has allowed them to pivot uh, in COVID. So, you know, I think 2021, unfortunately, at least the first half until we have uh, a viable vaccine is going to be more of 2020. I think we're going to see the social distancing continue. We'll see restaurants in, I think, most of the country restricted to maybe half capacity indoors. It doesn't promise to be a great winter for the parts of the country that can't that that right. can't have outdoor dining. Uh, and and uh, my my belief is that the contactless ordering and payment that that has leapt into the forefront in uh, both in restaurant dining, but more specifically for curbside, uh, that's never going away, I, I don't believe. So I think if you haven't embraced the notion that your restaurant should do curbside ordering and delivery, it's time to it, it's time to say, yeah, I'll get you know I'll get on that bandwagon, albeit now I'm a little late. And I think that that paradigm applies whether you're a, a, a casual dining kind of table service restaurant, or even if you've got a drive-through. It's not always convenient to go to the drive-through. That if there's a line at the drive-through and I took the time to order ahead on my phone, I want some more convenient way of picking up my food. Yeah, that isn't getting behind the fifth car in the drive-through line. And and you've seen, uh, you know, brands like uh, Chipotle uh, and Shake Shack say, yeah, we 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 totally understand that, and we are going to build our stores with a drive-through lane that is only to fulfill pre, you know, people who've taken the time to order, uh, you know, on a mobile mobile app or a mobile web experience and are here to pick up their food, we're going to service them through a dedicated drive-through line. And I think that's so smart. Yeah, because I remember the first time and incidentally the last time that I ordered uh, ordered ahead at a QSR, I ordered on my app, I showed up, and they said uh, to get into the drive-through lane. So I got into the yeah. drive-through lane. I went to the to the speaker box and I was like, well, I'm here to pick up the, my order ahead. They're like, okay, we'll get that started for you. And then I drove through and they gave me my order and it was like, it literally saved me no time. No, I mean, maybe you didn't have to pull out your credit card. Yeah. Right. But I still had to wait for the car in front of me to pull out their credit card and get their food. And so it was, it was so infuriatingly inefficient that I have never done it again. Yes. Right. And, and, and so you see restaurants that have that have embraced this curbside solution and they'll put QR codes in the, you know, in a couple of parking spaces. Mm-hmm. You can just shoot from your car if you want to, if you don't want to order ahead, but then order ahead and and tell them the make and model of your car, park in some designated spot and the food will show up and you've paid you're you're in and out of there quickly and the restaurants that understand how to do that uh, even post covid i think are going to flourish because i i don't believe that this convenience is going away 
No. And, and something that we've talked about uh, previously is that there needs to be not only a metaphorical, but a literal painting of the parking lot lines. You, yes. Th- this isn't something where, you know, you can't just put tape down and wait for this to get back to normal. No. Your parking lot it should not be the same uh, now or in 2021 as it was in 2019, right? Like actually it's, it's time for a permanent change. Cause like you said, Christopher, a lot of these things are not going away. And so let's adapt. It's for sure. It's a permanent change. And, and uh, you know, there are restaurants that have sort of embraced some technology. They put a QR code and you shoot the QR code and it takes you to an illegible PDF of their menu. <laughs> And then you have to call to order. Well, that that's ridiculous. It it's a bogus solution, and so you've got to jump in. And there are so many uh, companies that can can help implement this technology, and I think it's in the store too. I think the notion that I can I can be in control of my life. I mean, we're so not in control of our life in so many aspects. I want to be in control of my restaurant experience. And I want to be able to order from my phone. I want to be able to pay. I, I, I want to leave when I'm ready to leave. And I think that the uh, the compensation for wait stuff in an environment like that, where I can be in control of saying I'm ready for another drink and I don't have to do you know that head on a swivel to catch somebody's eye, I think I'm going to tip, you know, I'll be willing to tip more. And if I can leave when I'm ready to leave, um, it just enhances the experience. So I think restaurants need to embrace that post COVID too, that, that this is not, this is not, it's not a temporary change in my opinion. Yeah. And even, even though, like you said, it's the going to be the first half of 2021, this will linger on, you know, Rev oh, Ciencio, yeah. he talks about, it's not, and the thing is, is that it's not about the new normal, right? Um, Rev Ciancio, he talks about the new better and how this isn't like some new form of what it was. This is a better form of, of what it always should have been, what it Absolutely. always could have been had we been a little faster to adopt technology. Now, along with that, Christopher, there's a lot of restaurants out there who are saying, look, I would love to invest in technology. I would love to invest in a better customer experience and connecting with my customers and contact lists and all that stuff and repainting lines. And in some fairy tale where I have um, a lot more money, that makes sense. But what about those restaurants where they're still struggling, right? Uh, you know, we, we saw Domino's earnings earlier this year and sure, revenues are up 17, 18%. But earnings per share were down dramatically because of because of the plexiglass, because of the safety precautions, because of the contact list, because of the increased food costs. So, what do you say to those restaurants that are like, I, I want this? This all sounds nice, Christopher. I just <laughs> I don't got the money. Well, but but I but but the world has changed so much that that the the nature of solutions that we're talking about. I mean not painting there's no there's no SaaS solution for painting the parking lot <laughs> That's but true. there are SaaS solutions to deploy technology that take out the 
cap the capital cost that operators have been so used to saying, um, I'm not putting in this technology because I don't have 25 grand to spend. Well, I, I, I completely empathize with and, and sympathize with that perspective. But 100 bucks a month is you can do that. Mm. And your customers will buy the hardware. I mean, they come in with the hardware. They're all, you know, they've all got one of these. And yeah. so they're providing the hardware. You don't have to buy any new hardware. Um, and so I think, I think that there are, there are ways to implement this solution without, without uh, um, going into to, uh, spending CapEx. Because, yeah, restaurants can't afford to spend CapEx. They're struggling to stay afloat. I, I mean, we've lost... We've lost so many restaurants and, you know, at the risk of uh, alienating all the people who paid me so much money in the past. It's not the chain restaurants that that are suffering. It's, yeah. the, it's the independent, it's the local guy. And, you know, I would encourage everybody to, to spend the, their food dollars or their dining dollars in with their local restaurants even if that's going to pick up or it's getting delivery preferably pick up because then the restaurant gets to keep all the money um i i would encourage everybody to support the restaurants that you'd like to see survive through the other end of covid because it's tragic that so many will not Right. And it's because they don't have the distribution for, for those who might not be super familiar, right? They don't have the distribution to be able to kind of balance a location that's doing better versus one that's doing worse. If something, you know, they have to replace the AC in one unit, they can kind of distribute that amongst several as opposed to, hey, right. where are we going to come up with eight grand this month, right? Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, you're local restaurant is not being supported by the public markets. And, right. and, and you know, you talked about Domino's. I mean, the, those large brands are able to weather the storm, uh, even those that are franchised. I mean, they, you know, they've provided help to their franchisees and that help right. just isn't really available to, you know, Bob's Bar and Grill. It's just, yeah. just not. Exactly. And, and one thing I do want to go back to now, you use the term SaaS. Um, do you want to explain what SaaS means? Yeah. I mean, SaaS is a, it's an acronym for software as a service. And it's really a subscription that says instead of, instead of buying a, a piece of software and owning it and maybe paying for software maintenance on an annual basis, which is the more traditional way of acquiring software, this says I'll pay you, uh, I'll pay you a hundred dollars a month, for example, uh, and that'll—that's all I'll pay for both the software and improvements or defect repairs to that software, and I'll pay you as long as it's useful. Yeah. And you know that as long as it's useful, uh, you know I would encourage people to not sign long-term agreements for subscription software. Uh, as long as it's useful. So when or if your technology partner stops performing, that this software as a service should let you go find somebody else. Yeah. 
And that keeps Absolutely. everybody on their toes, I think. Absolutely. So, totally. And, and, and the nice thing about that is there's a lot of economies of scale, right? Software companies can build software and provide it at a very low cost, even if it costs millions of dollars to build. When you have thousands and tens of thousands of customers paying a very little bit, it makes yes. sense to, to upkeep it. Yeah. Um, but the thing that's interesting about all of that is that I like how you said that, that customers are carrying the hardware with them. And I think that's, uh, that's a really interesting concept because, you know, the traditional route, and here's a cautionary tale, is you look at companies like AT&T or Verizon, and they have these extremely lucrative uh, POTS lines, right? And as they're trying to migrate people to VoIP, voice over IP, you have, it's a much lower price point. Um, it costs a lot of money for AT&T and Verizon to invest in these services. It's much less, uh, it's much less, you know, uh, profit margin, much lower profit margin. So why are they doing it? Because they know that VoIP is the future and that POTS is dying away. Similarly, in the restaurant industry, it's a matter of right now, it may be tough to invest in something. But if you're, if you're just thinking about today and you're not thinking about, do you want to be around in a year? It's worth it to invest a little bit now. And it may hurt a little bit. Uh, but that is going to provide much better yields in the long run to keep your customer information. So you're not selling it to the DSPs um, to keep your, you know, to keep your customers yes. close to you and a little investment goes a long way, especially with SaaS technology. Absolutely. And, and, you know, think about the, you know, traditional uh, table service restaurant, maybe they've got four or five, POS terminals, uh, when the customer or the employee can order on a phone or a tablet, maybe you only need one or two POS terminals. So now your capital cost of, of your next POS system is significantly reduced. Your total cost of ownership goes down because you're not paying somebody to come and maintain those POS registers. So uh, it, there's no question that, that the future belongs to the, the mobile devices. Uh, and, and I think you'll see, hopefully we'll see the, the cost of payment. Uh, so payment transactions that take place on your phone are typically charged as card not present transactions. And so they carry a higher fee than the card present transaction, which is kind of defined as, you know, you go to the restaurant, you, you fish out your credit card and you hand it to them and they dip it in the, uh, in the reader. Uh, and those are considered to be a lower risk than card not present transactions. And so restaurants pay a bit of a premium typically. And, and hmm. hopefully over time, we'll see the cost of card not present come down making it even more of a no-brainer for restaurants to, 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 uh, to go that way. But customers are going to demand it. Yeah. Customers don't want to pick up a grubby menu that who knows how many people have, have uh, handled before. So do you want to... And then print? when they clean it with that rag? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, no. because so you every time this. I see that rag, I just think about like it's the dish rag, and it's like you can't clean something it's with awful. something that dirty. <laughs> it's awful. So, do you print disposable menus? Well, that's not very environmentally responsible. N nor so cost efficient. If, nor cost efficient. So, if you don't want to do that, then give the customers access to the menu on their phone and let them order. Yeah. I mean, it it it. It, that feels like the biggest leap forward in technology that our industry has made in the last 10 years. And we, and, and we did it in 2020 because necessity was the mother of invention. We didn't have any choice. Yeah, or in this case, uh, necessity was the mother of adoption. Well, that's true. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, um, absolutely. Christopher, what would be your final piece of advice to our, to our listeners? Uh, wow. That's, uh, take, that's take your tough. entire life experience and put it into one little piece of advice. It's easy enough, right? Uh, I, yes. Piece of cake. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think sta standard, standard, you know, as the restaurant population is going to shrink standards, standards will have to go up. And so success will come to the people who really, who, who really care, who care about the quality of food and care about the service and care about the value proposition that, that a restaurant's offering. And so while I'm, I'm very sad that so many restaurants won't make it, I think that, the, that at the other end of this, the, the quality of the average restaurant experience will have risen because people have to focus on the quality because there, there'll be less restaurants and uh, the ones that the quality ones will win. That's Love my, that. that's my so, final thought. So Christopher, here are my key takeaways. One, the first half of 2021 buckle up, baby. It's going to be just like 2020. So don't, <laughs> don't be prepared for a quiz, a Christmas present at uh, 2021 Two change your parking lots, utilize and leverage your parking lots, focusing on contactless. Three, look at SaaS companies because your customers are walking in with the hardware on their phone. Four, uh, this is a tip to everyone, spend with local and do pickup because that's, that's the best way for them. And then five, if you want to be around in 2022, you got to care. You got to up your standards of what does customer experience mean? What does the food mean? What does your service mean? Um, and that doesn't always mean spending more money, but that means no. attention to detail, right? Making yeah. sure that you get things right. And if you don't, you have a way to make it right. Um, Spot on. Awesome. Yeah. Christopher, how do people find you, follow you? Uh, they find me on LinkedIn. Uh and that, that's, yeah, I'm not I'm not a Twitter user. Find me on LinkedIn. Or you can find me at Christopher.seebs at gmail.com. Okay. If you want to use a more traditional way of getting in touch. Awesome. Well, Christopher, for not retiring, for sticking with us here in the <laughs> hospitality industry and shedding some light on the darkness that has been 2020. Today's ovation goes to you. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks. Absolutely. Glad you're with us today. And thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. 
You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.